stoked. Wanna oh, see stoked? Yeah, let's hear him. Welcome to episode 28 of Off the Crossbar. This is the knee jerk off the crossbar. Could you tell by the weaponry? <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't do a uh, a YouTube version of this podcast oh, yet. Right. So. That's right. Could you two tell? I could <laughs> yeah. tell that you had a switchblade. Thank you. Yeah, I've got, I've got popcorn. I've got a smart water and a switchblade. Sorry, that's probably I think I've enough with the switchblade into the microphone. <laughs> As long as you don't stab the microphone, I think you'll be all right. I could cut a little hole in this. like. Uh... So we're recording this um, perhaps unwisely. Yeah, <laughs> immediately following uh, what was an abject failure from Real Salt Lake. Are we ta- well, hang on, hang on. We're talking about the game against FC Dallas, not the season, to mm, be yes. clear. Yes. Um, the abject failure that we're speaking of specifically refers, in this case, to the game against FC Dallas. Yeah, we've already we've already accepted the fact that this entire last year has been an abject failure failure, but you know, yeah. sometimes we look we've already lost the war, but as the war is ending, sometimes you look for a couple of those, you know, morale battle wins and uh you know, like none last week. to be found. So we haven't we didn't record after no, that's the, not true. Uh, we we uh we didn't record after last week or when I say last week, it was like 10 days ago, I think. Yeah, when we, when we played the Portland Timbers and beat them and played really well. Yep. Um, I, that's why. So I recommended that we record maybe after right after the game because I was thinking Dallas sucks <laughs> and we're playing at home. <laughs> so I was thinking Perfect. that maybe maybe we would get a get a win. And you know, Albert was back. Um, not that I think that would push things over. You know, normally, but uh. Hiccup right in the microphone. Yeah, so I apologize. Night of, we're um, we're having we're having a normal one over here. Having a good time. Oh yeah, because hang on, sorry, I forgot that we had a game, or we were supposed to have a game between Portland and yes, yeah, we we didn't. Was it supposed to be a Colorado game? It was supposed yes. to be Colorado. It was one Colorado of Colorado's was like pretty, nine yes. games that they've missed in the last two weeks or whatever famously having to uh postpone many games because of multiple coronavirus cases amongst the team and staff i presume so um yeah but first guys what's what's new what's new in the in the friend zone let's uh the the homie house the uh the the boys chat what's uh what's new in um Trevor, what's what's up? What's going on? Um, so <laughs> I don't really know where to begin, and I don't want this to sound weird, but it might sound weird or okay. come across as weird. My ex-wife got married today. Okay. Congratulations um, to your ex-wife. Yeah, congratulations to her. He's a cool guy, and my okay. daughter loves him. So, like, that's good. It's that's all good. good. It's all good. I've just never congratulated someone on their ex-wife getting yeah. married. <laughs> So I didn't know. If, well. But um, no, the silly thing about the whole thing, obviously they weren't planning on a big wedding. Like right. 
obviously they've been engaged for like two years and they had like October of 2020 on the calendar mm. since they got engaged. Like that's pretty much when they chose, but they got engaged, like I said, like two years ago. So all of this happened. And so this whole year they've been like debating what they were going to do, how they were going to celebrate. And they eventually landed on, they're just going to do a small little get together with just like really close friends and or really close family and maybe friends, maybe like 10 or 15 people tops socially distance the whole thing do the ceremony get the ceremony out of the way and then like next year yeah they would have like a reception and do mm-hmm. like an actual party and stuff like that and then um this past week uh my ex if you remember already tested positive for coronavirus back in march she was like one of the first cases in utah county to test positive or be like a confirmed positive um she was she got it from a coworker who I think was like actually the first confirmed case. But anyway, that coworker tested positive again last week. And is presumably sick again, right? Earlier this week. He, yeah, he is sick. Um, my ex was exposed from the same coworker. Um, and she has started to develop symptoms. She wouldn't got tested on like Thursday. Um, hasn't got the test results back and because they didn't get the test results back and because she very easily could have it, they just like canceled the whole, um, small get together thing. Yeah. And basically it was just them two. And I don't know exactly how they did it. I think they basically did it like over a zoom call, but they did get married like officially. I don't know the mechanics of it. Cause obviously yeah. I wasn't involved, but yeah, they did get married today. Um, I was supposed to be hanging out with my daughter yesterday and today, but she's living with her mom so they're all quarantining until they know what's going on so that's a mess um yeah that's mostly what's going on with me in my life just another coronavirus scare except this time i didn't get exposed to it at all and i probably won't be so yeah i uh utah also famously doing really well with coronavirus and by doing yeah incredibly to achieve high scores every day (laughs) incredibly odd that um that this could happen the the odds are really really low no way um the odds are really high sorry that's incredibly high sorry yep It's Um, it's a good reminder that uh immunity and herd immunity are not some guarantee that this thing goes away too not only not only is herd immunity just insanely um it's something to be uh, uh, strive for incredibly immoral and impractical. Um, but it's, even if that were something we could guarantee, uh, it's clearly not because people are getting it yeah. again. So there's no, yeah. So, uh, that's, that's awful. I hope, I hope your uh, ex-wife is okay and that your daughter is okay. And that, yeah. Cause that's just like, this has just been just, a, just the worst of years. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish really wish it were um a year from now maybe hopefully everything's gonna be better then potentially i don't know we've, we have no idea i told you guys before we started recording but i'm working with my family to plan a family reunion for next year yeah and the first thing on the table was are we gonna have a family reunion in 2021 or should we yeah. just automatically plan for 2022 just skip 2021 plan I mean, for 2022 theoretically there should That's be a kind of what i voted then, for but who knows who knows this winter I got like I was thinking about this winter and I started getting like super claustrophobic thinking about not leaving 
the apartment very often and like i uh yeah and i've been riding my bike a ton um it's been such a lovely time to be biking around the weather's been we've had like an extended like very temperate fall for the last few weeks and so it's been just lovely but it's like uh very bittersweet because it's very fleeting and uh it's gonna probably snow we're at my house tomorrow so um don't like that but hey uh let's see with me i uh i oh i played soccer today with with some friends um it's the first time i've played against someone like i i play soccer a lot like i i have a my apartment complex has like a kind of like a futsal court thing um which is really fun but then there's also like a catholic church over behind my apartment that has like a soccer field and a goal and everything so i've played a lot of alone soccer over the last uh year or so but i haven't played like against people in like a on like the small pug goal things you know i haven't done that in like a really long time so that was really fun um i'm really sore but it was great and um let's see boy still watching the sopranos you know that's it's quite a journey let's see uh what else how far are you into the Sopranos again? Um, almost to the third season, <laughs> so almost oh, okay. halfway, <laughs> I think. Um, wait, almost through the third, or almost to the third? Almost like you to have... the third. I'm almost halfway. I wait. I guess halfway. No, it's it's five and a half seasons. seasons. It's yeah, season six A and six B. I think is how they did it because I, oh, I think right. that was the year of the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So, um. That's that's something. What else? I uh, I played I played Red Dead Redemption two online with my good buddy last night. And um, did either of you play that game? I can't I can't remember. No, I've heard plenty about it. And it's great. Play, um, but... but the thing with like the way that Rockstar makes their games, like Grand Theft Auto, was similar, but like, and this is no. Um, no different is that they like lean in super hard into the uh try to make you pay real life money to get in-game money to make your life easier and uh boy it's real it's real tempting sometimes but on principle you know you i just can't give in so uh, don't do it kyle I, oh, i'm not <laughs> i'd, I'd be much strong, rather kyle. not play anymore than do that so um had some fun on there that, that that's a great game but once you beat the campaign that game was all about the campaign but then online is just it's not, not for me um but yeah i think that's that's it my way matthew what's what's new so between the last episode we recorded in the this episode i uh watched all of veep <laughs> <laughs> and there are seven seasons of it they're they're short seasons but... yeah i was gonna say like that's a long show and it's only been like two weeks so it it became my like uh i'm making lunch or making dinner and i make a lot i make dinner most nights um just because of jenny's work schedule uh and you know that's about an hour so that's you know two two and a half episodes generally um a day and then anytime I was doing anything else, um, the other thing <laughs> I'm literally just what, the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing, and this plays into it too, as I've played a, a lot of Mario 35, like probably more That's than right. I should. Um, and I know I talked about that last episode and it's basically the same. Um, so I've been playing Mario 35 and I was watching Veep. Um, I think I'm going to move on to Succession now. Oh, yeah. Well, I've still got HBO Max. Uh, and then once I'm done with that, I think I'll 
cancel that for a little bit succession is so great i really really enjoyed that show and Um, it's on your recommendations so uh, it's it's if it's if it's bad i'm gonna yeah you very disappointed down kill me it's fine (laughs) i I do know know i will be defending myself with this uh nearly two inch blade is that uh, how, how big is an inch i don't know um, I do an inch a, is the is the if you take your first these knuckles this this distance right here that's usually an inch. Oh, I do have a uh, dull set of kitchen shears oh, that I can use. Quite so. the duel. <laughs> I've got it's shorter <laughs> than a tube of chapstick, so that's the only <laughs> reference point for those at home. Um, so yeah, that's that's been my life. It's that's great. Yeah, you know, business as usual right now. It's getting cold, so the garden's all dead, oh, which God. is uh, you know bound to happen. Just uh, hunkering changing, down, you know? The changing of seasons. Yeah. Oh, the other thing yes. uh, I should mention is that uh, four out of the five work days this week uh, featured my neighbors behind me having a tree taken down by men with chainsaws. Um, and it was very loud and annoying for a good 48 hours in total. They... Uh... My apartment complex decided they needed to test all the fire alarms or whatever. So I had a day <laughs> oh, yeah. doing that, which yep. I mean, oh, they obviously have to do. But it was just like when I'm working yeah. from home, it obviously makes that uh, a different situation. But um, that's, that's not yeah. my job, but I work for a company that does that. And yeah, your apartment complex probably isn't happy about it. But yeah, they yeah. kind of have to do that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was really loud, but it was fine. I have uh, air AirPods Pro, AirPod Pros, AirPods Pro. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, noise canceling, so it was it was wasn't that bad, but uh, oh, good. I didn't have any meetings while it was happening, so that's was, great. I didn't have to make anyone suffer. I made actually apparently nobody could hear the chainsaws on my Zoom calls. Really? Wow. Um, which oh, was you. surprising. I could hear them great, so I guess that's. <laughs> but you know, talking close to the mic helps a lot. So, like, no one I work with has like a good audio setup, and it's kind of annoying. But like, my coworker was getting, um, like, they were repaving his road this last week, so I was on meetings with him a lot, just hearing them repave. It was so loud. Like, I don't. I was like, what? I, I didn't. I guess I'm not familiar with the repaving process, but it was much louder than I had anticipated. Um, hearing from zoom but yeah so uh boy what should, else? Should, should we get to the fun yeah <laughs> all right um uh, uh so we're bad like rail salt lake is bad I and mean, we're probably bad people individually yeah we deserve uh, it. i don't think any of you are bad people but either of you at least um maybe i am whatever um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to remain conspicuously silent during that just so we don't recognize the, your the whole, badness or what? Just during the whole opinions giving about who's bad and who's not bad oh, of oh. the podcast. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's fair. Trevor, if you want to leave the room for a second, that'd actually be perfect. <laughs> we can talk about it. No, it's okay. Let's go. Uh, yeah. so, so let's talk about the game. All right. Who, are we going to are we gonna, hang on? Let me actually look at the doc. Are we talking about Portland game at all? Or that's just so far in the past <laughs> that we just that's, don't care? That's like 2019 and 2020 yeah. days. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. All right, so RSO played FC Dallas today mm-hmm. at Rio Tinto Stadium. Mm-hmm. And they were, it was, a, it, it was a game. 
I mean, both teams were kind of good and kind of really bad in their own respective ways. Yeah, and at so the end it, of the day, the game was kind of good, but mostly bad in its own respective way. It was it was a good game that was missing everything that makes it good. Wait, <laughs> it was a good. There were we we uh, we ended zero zero. We played well in certain stretches of the game. The, honestly, the second half was really bad, in my opinion. Really um, bad. The first half was. Uh, good in that we created a ton of chances but the problem with creating those chances is that it generally needs to end with the ball going into the net w- to count for anything so uh or, that's the part. or vaguely towards the net vaguely towards the net and we couldn't do most of that we had within like the first 10 minutes of the game we had two chances that should have been goals like douglas martinez um Got in, in a phenomenal cross from Aaron Herrera, uh, and Douglas Martinez had it seemed it appeared to be harder to miss than to score, and he hit the post. So that sucks. And then like a few minutes later, maybe like three minutes later, four minutes later, Chang had a, a chance as well from across from the opposite side that he just like it didn't even go. I he got it on like the corner of the six. And I think it maybe ended up at the other corner of the six. Um, so that was bad. And then we just had shots and uh, hitting the post. We had people missing nearly over. We had headers from inside the six that, that were saved. We had, um, it was just like everything besides finishing. And then we had some nervy defense on set pieces. But other than that, we were generally pretty okay on defense. But I just, I mean, I don't know how long, I, like Freddie recently talked about how he's never had like a true center forward, a scoring center forward, which I guess, um, sure. Yeah, it's accurate, but is it meaningful? <laughs> Well, yeah, and we've been having this conversation. Like Jake tweeted that we needed a striker, and I was like, oh, "Wow, I this is a tweet from 2014, I think, because we've just been it's been six years ever since Sabo left. We've been having this exact same problem. Yeah, and is it? It's a, a, a large chunk of that problem can be Deloy Hansen, but it's like it's this entire organization that's just failed to uh, like the the vast majority of ga- of successful games we've had where we've been scoring goals, it's because we've had Demir Krylock playing well out of position just because he's nine feet tall. So, oh man, I'm just so tired of this. <laughs> this yeah, this is, this is the problem is like, we all know what the problem is, but there's nothing that we can do this season to solve it. So we're just watching games and seeing the problem manifest itself. And it's just, oh yeah, we don't have a striker. Of course, we we can create 25 shots a game, but those shots are all go- coming from guys that don't that, that you're not ex- relying on for goals. We don't have a person that we need to rely on for the goals. Like like Douglas, th- this is the point I was going to make. Douglas should be like fourth or fifth on the death chart. He's good for should be good for like three or four goals a year. Like Michael Chang should be good for three or four goals. Rusnak should be good for seven or eight. Demir, you can count on a couple from him. But we don't have anybody that should be converting all of these chances into goals. Like the people that we have are like the fourth and fifth choice of who you on a on a normal roster. That's who you would want to finish 
the the chances that are being we, created. Yeah. Like we, we literally would be playing better with Devin Sandoval right now. Like why do oh, we why would, for sure. Why would why do we not just have like a Devin Sandoval on the roster? Why do we keep signing like why do we have Jason uh Ramirez if we if we aren't going to play him other than for the last 15 minutes of the game? And why do we keep signing all of these wingers when they're like D- Douglas Martinez? He does not play as a striker at all. Um, and you can, the eye test is, uh, look how many times he crosses from the wing and you're like, wow, why is he over there? Well, I mean, just look at how many times he, where he receives the ball. Like yeah. he never he ever receives the ball in the middle of the field. He always yeah. receives it on one of the two wings, which is yeah. fine. Cause like, honestly, he's decent. He's good enough at that position. He can get the ball and take it to the touchline and put in a cross 90% of the time. He very rarely turns it over and if he does turn it over it's usually because he's double teamed and it's like a situation where you kind of expect the guy to turn it over whenever he's like on his own leading the counter he does like good things come as a result he doesn't always get the support he needs but it usually ends up as a throw-in or a corner kick or he's able to hold it up until support actually gets there but he he just does it all on the wing he's not a striker i think we all thought that he was going to be our 15 goal center forward this year and whether he's capable of it we have no idea because he doesn't play that way and he hasn't played that way all year so I, I, let's let's not rewind but let's talk about where these shots came from um, because i think we we learned something interesting there of our 24 shots um one came from within the six yard box so uh, like a high probability goal at that point, right? Was that a header? Was that Demir's header? That would be Demir's header. That diving um, header. That, yeah. Okay. Which um, was like a cool little alley-oop pass from Ruiz that really I thought should have ended with a goal, but whatever. Yeah. 10, I believe, came inside the 18-yard box, uh, which would, you know, we, we saw some that were kind of clear-cut chances, right? Um, Mar- Douglas Martinez is like you talked about. Uh, he should have scored. And I think that's the other thing for me is, is like we look at that goal or goal, wishful thinking there. Uh, we look at that, sh- <coughs> that shot, excuse me. And we see like a, a player that apparently doesn't know how to finish, which is, it's weird. You would hope that that would translate from his time with Real Monarchs, right? Where he was Where, scoring goals. Yeah. He was scoring goals. He was confident. Um, he knew what to do in that situation, which was not uh, somehow redirect the ball onto the post when it, when he's facing the right direction. And sure, you can, you know, you can chalk that one up as a fluke, I guess. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like fluke after fluke after fluke start is a pattern, right? Yeah. Um, the rest of our shots, so more than half of our shots came from outside the box, uh, which you know. Yes, we've got some talented players from outside the box. Uh, Paulo Ruiz, who uh, everyone, I mean, we all love his shots from outside, um, but it's worth taking a look at his goal count, which is, if one. it pulls up, yeah, it's one. Yeah, um, it and, is he, yeah. That, and we shouldn't be relying on that as being like, that's like exactly like, him. like an yeah. actual goal scoring chance. Yes, yeah, yeah. he's good on those recycled, sh- like, um, balls that come out of the box he's dangerous in those situations but like we seem to be putting him in situations where that's like the primary offensive like move yeah and it's like 
And kind no. of the same with Demir Krylik, right? Where yeah. he'll get his shot, his his chances inside on on headers, right? But mm-hmm. for the most part, he's gonna be taking those shots outside the box, and he's he's good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw him hit the post on on a pretty optimistic shot, yeah. um, and I think it, the post was a like a probably better than average outcome from that position. Um, and we mm-hmm. can talk about like. Yeah, the post. Yeah, I thought. I would say for a midfielder, yeah, but like a forward, a striker, you expect them to score that nine times out of ten. Yeah, yeah. But he did have to kind of curve it around a couple players, and and certainly he can. But yeah, but you know that's not one you expect a a high scoring rate from. Right. Um, And so we we take these low probability shots frequently, and yes, we hit the post, um, but hitting the post isn't actually a desirable outcome. So we we talk like we hit the post a bunch. We hit the post twice. We hit the crossbar once. Uh, the you know the discussion becomes like, yeah, we were good. We we hit the post. Like, <laughs> yeah. is is that actually that's not the goal? Uh, no. One, uh, two. The positions from which RSL hit the post uh, were either optimistic uh, or they were uh, extremely profligate to not score from those positions, and that's the troubling thing. Like. Yeah. It's easy to look at 24 shots, uh, some number on uh, three, three on frame, um, which we also should talk about. But uh, we can we only look have at three that, on target shots. Yeah, I believe it was three. Yeah, three or four. It was not a lot. But this is like I said, this is what you get when you're getting goals from a midfielder. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you take just straight the like. A regular team, I we should have run these numbers. This would have been smart. If you take like a team that has a forward, like LA Galaxy, they have a couple forwards or LAFC, they have a couple like goal scoring yeah, forwards. LA Galaxy might not be a great example this year. I'm yeah. at LAFC. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if you take a team that has like dedicated forwards and you just remove their numbers from the shots to shots on goal stats and then just look at like just the midfield, I think we're probably right about there. About right. as far as like accuracy, but that's the problem is we need to generate 30 shots every game in order to get four or five on goal because that's the rate that this team is capable of, this roster is capable of. Yeah. Whereas if we had LAFC, if we had those forwards and we're generating 30 chances and we have goal scoring strikers, then those 30 chances would turn into 18 shots on goals and right. it would be five or six goals. Right. Yeah, that's, I was, that's the I whole think. problem with this team. Like this team can create chances. We don't have anybody to finish, and I'm getting sick and tired of breaking down every single game into that common. Yeah, yeah. Thing. It, it's it's insane. And I was thinking so this morning. Um, uh, Bayern Munich uh, played a game, and um, Lewandowski scored a hat trick. I think within the first half. And I know RSL is not going to get a Robert Lewandowski who's potentially like top three true number nines that's have ever that has ever played. But like a proportionate player who is an actual center forward who can hold space in the center forward position and brings defenders toward them. That's what like literally we would be a better team right now if we had Devin Sandoval. And I used to complain so much about Devin Sandoval, (laughs) but like he could stand in the, he's tall. He could hold the ball up and he could just stand and pull people towards him in the middle of the field. And we could play around that. 
And like, so even in the games where Sabo wasn't playing, um, we had Sandoval who could fill a role where he may not be, um, he obviously wasn't scoring at the rate of someone like Sabo, but like someone who was an actual center forward that we could play around. But we are literally just playing all around. There's just an empty space where our center forward should be. And we have a bunch of wingers and midfielders running like weirdly in a crescent shape around the 18. Um, sometimes we have our center backs in the box who neither of which can win a header. Justin Glad is the only one who can. Nadem cannot. Marcelo Silva cannot. And Justin Glad was on the bench for some reason today. Um, and so when we get to the end of the game and we're getting desperate and we're throwing in all these crosses to Nadem and Marcelo Silva who have awful positioning and neither of them can jump, it, it seems, which um, they're they're both... Nadem's a great center back. Marcelo Silva's... Um, playable but they are awful fafa picalt who's like 5-8 was winning headers in our box like toward the end of the game and that's just completely insane so our guys are certainly not gonna if if our center backs are losing headers to a 5-8 dude they're not going to be winning headers against matt hedges who i'm pretty sure is seven feet tall like it's just not going to happen so it, like that's the only time when we are playing um you know, crosses into somebody who could theoretically hold some space like that is when our center backs are in the box. But other than that, it's just like, uh, another thing that was driving me nuts is like, we have this incredible talent that is Aaron Herrera and we do not seem to like, if, if, if we, I see the crosses that he's able to play in. Why are we not using him like a Trenton Alexander Arnold or any actual like talented wing back? Because Aaron Herrera is an, a, He's fantastic from that side. Like we should be hitting them over and over and over again on that side, which pulls people to that side. And then we can switch as we, as they switch. But it's like, we don't seem to, there's the lack of consistency of like an actual game plan. It's just like, it seems so chaotic and over the place. And it, it, it there's no exploitation of what the other team's doing of, of like we see a weakness in the other team and we push them on that. It's just like we try a bunch of random different things and sometimes things almost work out and we hit the post or whatever. But there's no consistency in, in any sort of attack that we have. And again, we had an Albert Rusnak back for the first time and like has it been uh, six, five months games. <laughs> yeah, six months? Six months. Um and again, even him, like I don't know what he does for this team right now, again. But like um, Matt mentioned, he famously had some more shots that were just right into the defender. And there was one in particular where um, Albert was, we had a, a pretty good counterattack and Albert was right at the top of the 18. And he could have had a really nice first time shot where he could have gone back post and it looked like he had a really good look. He doesn't take it first time, brings it to uh, his feet, dribbles a few times then decides to take a contested shot right at like a defender's leg. And Albert Rusnak in his first two seasons would have volleyed or hit shots first time to actually um, not give the defense some time to set up. And when we're not playing with a center forward, um, it's going to require people to actually uh, do stuff like what Albert used to. And he's just not doing that anymore. He's not dangerous at all, it seems. So so let's go to the numbers again, because that's yeah. apparently my prescribed role. Um, so you you mentioned that we're not going down the right, and I just wanted to confirm that because I feel like I was going to say I feel like we definitely are. We go down the we bring well got bad as, far as, as far as our wing backs go. 
Aaron Herrera gets forward way more than Donnie Toya does. So the right side so, is a lot more active in that so way. I would say that's probably true. Um, but tonight, and I, I'm not going back through all the numbers because that's I'm fair. lazy. Um, but tonight, RSL attacked down the left side. Well, let's start down the middle. Uh, 28% down the middle. 29% down the right side. And 42% down the left side. And I think that's a, a big function of, of Douglas always going to that side. And that's where he seemed to always be getting the ball. And he was always running down that far left side or near left side. And so that makes sense to me. But it's like, I would like to see like um, 50% on the right side with Aaron Herrera. Like he, we should be with how dangerous he looked in the first 10 minutes of this game. I'm just confused why that wasn't just like... Let's just do that for a while, like over and over again. If we're getting chances like what we were getting initially with Aaron Herrera crossing from that side, like I just just do that more until it runs out. Like, but we didn't. It, and that was really frustrating because Aaron's the best player on this team, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he's one unfortunately. of two for me. Yeah, uh, it's between him and Pablo Ruiz, who we should not, uh, despite his greatness, should not be relying on for uh goals from deep because he's not a great goal scorer well he he had a a fine game tonight he didn't yeah it wasn't like exceptional by any means but um so um speaking of players that play down the left side um i think it's probably the the time of the episode that we need to talk about our good friend Corey baird um and let's just (laughs) let's just get a, a hot reaction here Sorry, Kyle, I just see Kyle immediately just start shaking his head my vigorously. season, like, and I, I am perfectly, I am accepting of what Corey Baird is. I know the type of player we we know that he. I think we we saw his peak maybe uh, maybe last season. Um, and I'm fine with what I think his peak is. I don't think he should be a starter, but um whatever uh but he is such a baby dude like um friend of the pod alex vehar tweeted that there was one um <laughs> sorry there was like one counterattack in particular i think it may have been that albert rusnak one where he like just shot shot it into the defender but, yeah um apparently i mean alex was at the game so he could see what was happening Corey stayed back in defense to yell at the ref about something like hang on I want to provide some context because I know exactly what you're talking about. I know the exact play that Alex was talking and, about. And I, Trevor I gets being yelled at by the, you know, as a referee. Right. So Absolutely. I do. And and what happened was it, he like, he got fouled. He did. Corey got fouled and he, it was him trying to bring the ball out of like the 18 um, to like transition to the offense. He straight up got fouled, but then was able to get the ball over to, I think it was Ruiz, somebody in the middle who yeah. then had all the space in the world to come forward. And so they did. And Corey did that from his feet. He got fouled, fell over, slid over, and kicked the ball out of the way of the Dallas guy, whoever it was. And yeah. then he got up and started yelling at the ref for not calling the foul. And the ref probably called advantage. I wasn't paying attention. But that's – if it was advantage, it was dumb. If it was not calling the foul, Corey was right to be mad at him for not calling him because he got fouled. So – but at that point – when Corey is starting to yell at the referee, he's already out of the play. The play is already 20 or 30 yards ahead of him. So I get being mad at a player for yelling at a referee because I'm with you. I don't like that when a player's sitting there complaining about a call. But 
getting mad at Corey for not joining the attack when the attack is already 30 yards down the field and it's like in the midfield and the forwards are 40 yards ahead of him. Like he's already way out of position. He's not, I mean, he can catch up and he probably should catch up, but there's going to be plays where Corey's not involved in the attack. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's so fair. In, and in that specific case, that's where I think it's yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, on the whole, you're right. Corey's kind of a baby, and he kind of yells at the ref a lot. Well, um, it's not even just that he yells at the ref, but like he will feel he'll feel aggrieved by um, a hard tackle or something from a defender, and then like he retaliates. He retaliates in like the dumbest possible situations, and he's been doing that all season. And it's just like he he hasn't done enough to re- to deserve the respect of someone who gets to pull off something like that but then also just like it's just it's it's an awful look in my view but um it's just if we were doing a lot of things right and then we were doing that then fine like i didn't hear i didn't want to hear about the complaints about the ref not adding in an extra 30 seconds at the end of the game because they took forever on a substitution which he definitely should have added in an extra 30 seconds to a minute but like i don't care because like we were doing so much wrong in the second half that there's no way in hell we were going to score like and this was a problem last year that Sovereigno bailed us out on like uh like six different games or something but we don't have anyone to bail us out this time and um yelling at the ref doesn't fix that and I'm just like so unsympathetic to getting mad at the refs right now um unless there's like a big like VAR decision that is just absurd like I'm I'm more about that, but like, it's just, man, it's just such an awful look when it's like, I I, I think it was you, Matt, that mentioned that our players seemed more fired up after the game ended than they did when they were trying to push for a goal, supposedly like Justin Miriam looked gassed after five minutes of being in the game. I was like, and I, and I wanted him in the game sooner, but then he shows up and he looks exhausted and bad. I'm just like, dude. Like, what is going on? Jason Mar- Jason uh, Ramirez was the only one who seemed energetic in the second half. And he got in at the 78th minute? 78th, I think. 78th, 79th. Hey, that's yeah. better than average for him. It is better yeah. than average. <laughs> like I said, he like doubled his minutes per game today. Yes, we have a young designated player who can't get more than um, 20 minutes in a game. So um, I'm just... Oh man, this this game is so emblematic of like every single problem that we seem to be struggling with. Yeah, and um, it's very frustrating. I think it's yes. kind of just to go back to the yelling at the referee thing because Corey wasn't the only one, there, and he's not the only one on the team that has a habit of doing it. But it looks worse when you're one of the worst teams in the league. But that is kind of when it happens. The mo- I mean, everybody's frustrated at everything. They just want one thing to go their way. And so it seems like whenever a player gets a call, usually it's an easy call that goes against them. They throw their hands up in the air and they they get upset. But that's just a symptom of being a frustrated team, frustrated that you're one of the worst teams in the league yeah, and not doing any, not able to do anything about it. I think it's not a secret. I can't imagine that it's a secret in the locker room that they're good players. They've got good aspects to the team but the team as a whole sucks and there's nothing that like yeah. the players can really do about it because they're all doing their best, but their best is fourth and fifth string at this point. But yeah. Um, Cause we've seen better from a lot of these players and we have, I, but to go I back to Corey Baird, the point I was going to make about Corey Baird, I think Corey Baird is playing the same way he's been playing pretty much the entire time with RSL. 
we just have worse players around him. We have worse forwards. We don't have anybody to really help Corey Baird so or help make for you. Corey Baird look good. Let's go. If that makes sense. Give us the stats. That's my theory, but go ahead and prove me wrong, Matt. <laughs> so so clearly we can't go minute for minute. Um, yeah. You know, we or we can't look at full season stats for 2020 yet. Um he has had uh on average more assists um than last year and the year before, which is good, right? Um but I there one number popped out at me. Um and that's the number of shots on goal Corey Baird has had in 2020. Keeping in mind he's had two goals. Um so why don't you just start by throwing out a number? I'm well, curious how before, close to get. Before we do this, I would just want to caveat something. <laughs> With his like percentage of shots. Oh no, because even that's gone down, because I know that number. That number's like 13% of his shots are on goal, right? Um let me do some math. It's something terrible. It's something miserable. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Okay, but anyway, my number is that he's got like five shots on goal all season. Five. Lower. Yeah. Are it's <laughs> Yeah. He's been... Fewer than five shots on goal all season? Yeah. Three. <laughs> Two goals. <laughs> How many shots does he have this season versus last season? Uh, Can we look at that? Is that an easy number to grab? Uh, I mean, if let me just take it by minute. Um, so in 2020, it's a shot every 55 and a half minutes or so. And that is better than uh, 2019. More and than that. Yeah, so he, he is taking more shots or taking shots more frequently. Yeah. And more frequent shots, less frequently on target. And 2018, he was uh, much better, actually. So so here's the thing that gets me back, Corey Baird. Um, in 2018, he scored eight goals, five assists. Fantastic rookie. That was a season. great season for him. Um, and was in the conversation for, did he, who won rookie of the year that year? I thought uh, he did. Did he? Yes, he did. All right. Yeah. Um, that could have been embarrassing. <laughs> or typical. <laughs> Anyway, clearly, like a, a very good rookie year. Um, yeah. He came off the bench frequently that year, uh, but he started 21 games, uh, had almost 2,000 minutes. Was um, he mostly playing on the wing or as a striker that year? Mostly as a wing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's my, accurate. That's, okay, hang on. That's my memory, and my memory is notoriously not that great. But from what I recall, he was mostly on the wing and a little bit in the center his rookie year, and then the next year it was a little bit more on the wing and a little bit less in yeah. the center, and this year it's like nothing in the center. Uh, so 2019, he had five goals on the year. Uh, 200 more minutes played, so a couple more starts is all that took. Um, if five goals, so so dropped. And we thought, oh, it's going to be a sophomore slump. Like, that happens. Uh, hopefully, we can adapt out of it. Uh, and he'll, he'll grow, right? Uh, 2020 is showing a different side to that. And that's the, the troubling thing, is I wonder... How many of these players uh, had potential squandered at this team uh, due to uh, a series of bad coaches, um, bad decisions, bad teammates, a lack of like high quality teammates? Like, like, yeah. what? Where is this coming from? And that's that's the hard part for me. Did well, did, uh, did Jake confirm publicly what the budget slashing figure ended up being? 
Um, I tweeted it. He, okay. So so he said it was cut in something like half. Yeah, Deloitte Hansen famously wanted to cut our uh, player salary um, budget in half between, was that 2019 into 2020? Um, I'm not sure if that was coming into the year or uh, in, say, March when yeah. COVID numbers hit uh, the U.S. Oh, Either way, it was about the time we started signing a whole bunch of guys from Monarchs. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've consistently taken that approach, right, where where we said, oh, yeah, we're developing players. Um, we brought on uh, oh, I, Emery Welshman was the first one, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he was really bad. Um, I forgot that he played for this team. <laughs> um, Emery Welshman, he was a center forward and I he was remember. he was trash. He, he, he was very bad. He what? Oh, he had zero minutes for RSL. So oh, cool. Anyway, that Did was 2016. Really? Yeah. Another, another player successfully developed. <laughs> so, like, well, yeah, and, and I don't know that he was really a development project because he was like yeah. 24, 25 when we got, like he'd been a pro for a few years, I think. So, and then, yeah, yeah. Whether or not went off to go play in development pro- projects, because there clearly are some examples of good development projects, but it's the sell of how, like when we had our, um, off the record meeting with Andy Carroll, uh, <laughs> where like they very clearly use that talking point of this of this developmental strategy, where they can basically just um, sign very cheap signings from the monarchs as as a way of they they claim that's their way of uh, of of achieving success and winning championships because they want to be the what the hell did he say uh alabama football and then oh jesus christ because he doesn't know anything about soccer and you had to use those examples like that was like their way of pretending like they um were actually doing something to achieve to win titles but like yeah but like they even don't get me started on that none of that was true like all of that was just like an excuse obviously that's the excuse that they used when they wanted to sign crappy players from the Monarchs or when they wanted to sign crappy players from wherever. That was the excuse that they used. And that was the excuse that they used yeah. when they couldn't sign big players. But then as soon as it came time to like sell a player that had developed, th- th- you didn't hear anything about that. That was never the plan. The plan was whatever the plan was. But it was never to like sell players on. Because we yeah, and like, haven't I think done that they, ever, ever, ever. We haven't, and because honestly, we as it's pretty easy to to uh, understand is that like a very good way to develop some of these young players when they're playing for the senior team is to surround them with really good senior team players that may not be development projects. Um, an example that uh, like Ajax, for example, uh, is it does that very well. Um, Hakeem Ziyech, for example, was someone that was, uh, and like, we can bring in these really good players that can play for however, like a short amount of time, like for like Albert Rusnak, for example, like say we had him for four years and then sold him and made a profit. Like that's a totally, totally reasonably thing, reasonable thing for this club to be doing. You can't go all in on these development projects, which is just signing cheap players from the Monarchs. Like there clearly needs to be a healthy balance um and we're not doing 
that. We've gotten lucky with some players like Demir and like Everton and like Pablo Ruiz, who we very nearly um, screwed up very badly. We um, almost drove him out of soccer, right? Like completely. That's, that's yeah. the story. Yeah. But that's the, this is the thing you bring up Demir and Everton. Like those are great, like veteran signings. Those are the yeah. signings of players that like you should sign to fill out your team because they're great players and they're great veterans. Yeah. They've got mm-hmm. a lot of experience and a lot of really good leagues. And that would be great to put Everton next to a Pablo Ruiz to help him develop. Yeah. So here's the, the, like the really hard thing about this for me is MLS has made it easier to sign players like that. Yeah. Uh, through the introduction of targeted allocation money. Uh, through the expansion repeatedly of targeted allocation money, like that is a per, that has been a priority for them. I think because they recognize like you don't you don't get there with development like solely, right? And that's that's to be expected. Um, but now we're seeing these young Americans going over to Europe, sometimes coming from MLS, uh, and that was happening a little bit before, right? Yeah. Um, but now they're actually like playing games. Um, and, uh, RSL is sitting here with, uh, Justin Glad about to turn, I mean, he's going to, I think he turned 24 this year, right? Yeah. Um, he was the, the great development project we were going to sell him, uh, 23, sorry, he turns 24 next year. Um, and we're sitting here with him, uh, on the roster. Um, all indications are that he'll walk at the end of his contract at the end of the year. Um, and we're, you know, we're just kind of stuck here in this like very strange spot where Deloitte Hansen clearly uh, wanted RSL to be a development team. Um, no, he, he didn't. Let's dispense oh, with he, that. He, 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 wanted he, wanted, he wanted the press release to say that we're a development team, but he did literally zero things in, <laughs> in reality to put that plan into action. So this, I is, actually, this is the conversation we're having. We he did nothing. I, I'll disagree except there a send bit. Pablo Ruiz to Austria. That um, was the only <laughs> development thing that he's done for this team. So Sorry, I, go ahead, make your point. I'm going to stop ranting here. Um, I would say that he did actual things to help the development at this club. Um, the academy, a big thing, right? And sure, there have been problems with it. And sure, uh, the state records for the Academy High School show it's a pretty bad high school, which is not unusual for charter schools and uh, really should be an indication that uh, the public schooling system needs reform and all that. But all that aside, um, he's also done things repeatedly to sh- like shoot that in the foot. Yeah. Um, so like he'll say, we're a development team. We need to take the IAX model. And there's a clear reason for that. Uh, it's because he wants success without spending money. And I get that, I guess. He wants to spend money on infrastructure. I also would love to be successful without spending any money. Um, it's easy because I don't have my own company. But um, he does. Anyway, um, so when he, when Justin Glad doesn't leave, and we know that uh, Deloitte Hansen actively interfered in uh, the comings and goings of players from the roster. Um, It's easy to look at that and to look at him say things about Justin Glad in particular, or Joe Aplata, or any number of people. And then we see their moves just, you know, don't pan out at all. Like, there's a very clear pattern there. And uh, 
I mean, I guess it'll all be moot at some point, but I forgot where we were going with this. We're, I mean, this is what we're dealing anyway, with. Anyway, like, he was, he was on the bench. Yeah, this are. is just, we're just analyzing the state of the club. And the state yeah. of the club is miserable, and we're just extrapolating on that idea. Real sad sex. <laughs> We are seeing we are seeing the result of a lot of decisions that were made by not the players who are on the field currently. And so it's trying to figure out a balance of like. I'm obviously really pissed that like Douglas Martinez couldn't score from a half a foot away today or that like um, we just kept hitting the crossbar or that Albert Rusnak won't take shots unless he purposely is shooting it into someone's knee or like. Um, whatever, but like, again, I, I'm having in my brain, I don't really know how to balance that with uh, the, uh, very clear systemic problems we've been dealing with since Deloitte Hansen took full control of the club. So yeah, which I don't know. Are we, we, we still, so we still don't know who, uh, like, I don't even know who's in the running or the lead to, to buy RSL at this point. I don't like, I don't think anyone does really. Nope. We know that Deloitte Hansen purposely um, seemed to drive certain, uh, let's see, a certain tech giant in the area out of being a potential buyer because he didn't like him. Uh, Although indications are that uh, the Ryan Smith deal is not off. Oh, that's good. So please say that's not off. Uh, um, I can't actually be honest about it, but that's definitely not off. <laughs> you can't, you can't be honest that. about Why can you not be honest about it? Matt? Cause I actually have no clue. Why do so, you have, why do you have to lie? <laughs> it's, I, I want Kyle to feel better. <laughs> I, yeah, I, the problem is that Deloitte Hansen has uh, six months from that time. He, from the, from the inception of the uh, being forced to sell the club. He has six months to be to choose the the buyer, right? And then if yeah, which theoretically the league has to approve. Um, you know the best part of this uh, <laughs> is that uh, I've um, been talking about all the good things. <laughs> so we only know that it's six months because that's in the MLS Constitution. The only reason we have the MLS Constitution is because of Mike Petke's lawsuit against Real Salt Lake. It's incredible. And that's also the way we knew how they could force Deloitte to sell that day. Yeah. That was public information because the MLS Constitution was public after the Petkey lawsuit. So really great stuff all around. It's been an awesome year and a half for RSL. Um, just, just really good. And I'm just... I can't even be... I honestly, towards the end of that game, just wanted Dallas to score on us just because... I don't just know why Just to complete the narrative? Just because yeah, you... You've seen that movie before. You want the comfort of watching that movie all over again. Yes. We score, I, we shoot 25 times and lose 1-0. Yeah. Yep. It's a yeah, perfect I summation was, of this club at this moment. So I was watching, so at halftime, I tuned into the uh, uh, the Vancouver-San Jose game. And Vancouver got scored on while I was watching. And they brought up the multiple 2-1 RSL or uh, victories over RSL after having been um, outplayed heavily. <laughs> so um, I was I couldn't even escape it on another team's broadcast that had nothing to do with RSL. They were just like, you know, this is probably Vancouver's mind, but like there were the, the times when they were outplayed and then they ended up winning 2-1 against RSL. And I just so um I fully expected to lose again tonight, but uh, 
boy. Yeah. I mean, I guess we didn't lose. So we didn't. I mean, a loss at home or a tie at home at this point in the year feels very much like a loss with where we're at in the in the standings, which I don't know what the situation is. Matt, it's, tell us. it's bad. It's not good. Like we yeah. need to like win out to even be remotely close. So here's the crazy thing is that's technically not true because MLS is technically not true. Um, we are at 22 points from 19 games uh, for a stunning 1.16 uh, points per game. Nice. Um, both uh, Vancouver and San Jose have played one more match than us um, and are both sitting above us with 24 points. So one win on, in a game in hand if that gets played. Knowing, if that of matters course, because that might not matter because they might do points per game for the playoffs. Yeah, and the game in hand was against Colorado, so there's every chance it wouldn't get played at all. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's bleak. <laughs> um, we are. If we look at it points per game, which is also an interesting way to look at things, um, we are worse than if we look at it by points. So I guess that's something. So we're rooting for them to go by the the current table. Games yeah. missing, notwithstanding. Yeah. Rather than oh, points per game, uh, I, I guess so. Although, I mean, if we want to make the playoffs, and at this point, do we want to make the playoffs? I mean, sure. I that that's our goal, Trevor. Our club's goal <laughs> is to make the playoffs. That's our that's our bar for success as a yeah. team. <laughs> well, I guess I guess this is a, a year that Andy Carroll's going to have to take a hard look at things. Is he still? What's he doing? Is he still? He is. He is he been fired yet? Who cares? I, I mean, oh I care. my goodness! I, I want I him gone. Fired. I need the satisfaction of him being fired. Um, um I mean, I've you, got his phone number. I could text him. You, That's Trevor. I have a card here somewhere. Do do it on do it on air. That, I will not. Frank uh, <laughs> call Andy Carroll. <laughs> um, on air. What if we just call him and say, "Hey, we want you to be on the show." But we. That would be funny, but also we should call him and say, you know, I, throughout our meeting, you you maintained wanting to be like have a relationship with us in which you were very transparent was the word that you kept using, Andy, over and over again. So I think you should, you know, prove in the interest that. of transparency, mm-hmm. let's put your money Please where your mouth is. They never they never told me how many people were actually furloughed, even though they promised to get me. Oh, that really? Information. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't give you that information. Yeah. Anyway, he's still on the the front office page on rsl.com. So, but so is Craig Harrington, and we expect him to be gone. Um, I thought he actually was gone. Like, I thought they actually announced that he was actually gone. Nope. Um, But Louis Lancaster, who was on the Royals coaching staff, he's gone from the page. So it has been updated. So that's (laughs) okay. Um, It works. So, so we can hope that good things are happening here, um, but who knows? Like, we're stuck in hell, and it's terrible, and I'm sad. <laughs> Speaking of hope, um, hang on, I gotta look something up first. When do you think? Like, let's just guess. When's the next time we're gonna record a podcast about this team? Ooh. Is it going to be before or after election day is the question. Oh, oh, that's a great question. That's the speaking of hope 
You guys want to record tomorrow? tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure we'll uh, record before, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. We should record on election day. That seems like a good idea. Yeah, just distract I ourselves. Wised up and took election day and the day after off from work. Why would you take the day after election day off, Trevor? Well, he took the day of because he's going to polls to threaten people with his gun. <laughs> I've got to go do some voter intimidation. <laughs> and then the day after, because last year I couldn't drink, not last year, last presidential election, I couldn't drink heavily the night of because I had work the next day. Mm. And I'm just hedging my bets. I might want to, you know. Well, let's hope it's uh, drinks and celebration. Yeah, we'll see. Trevor wants Joe Jorgensen to win. <laughs> oh my god! I've got a friend on Facebook who is going ham about For how much Joe. they love Joe Jorgensen. Yeah. Was Joe Jorgensen attacked by a bird? Or no, it was a bat. Wasn't she bitten by a bat? No idea. I, I, <laughs> I, I know there was a, there episode, was a candidate. But... There was a candidate in some election somewhere that. I think either to a news reporter or on the debate stage, answer the question that they would. Oh no, sorry, I'm pretty sure it was Rudy Giuliani. Now that I think about it, that said that they would uh, eat a bat. That's how comfortable they were with coronavirus. Mm. Pretty sure it was Rudy Giuliani. That sounds like a Rudy move. She was. uh, Let's see, Libertarian presidential candidate skips campaign rally after saying she was bitten by a bat. (laughs) Yes. Back in August, it's like the most libertarian candidate thing that happened. Um, also, she got a rabies vaccine. I didn't think the libertarians would believe in something like that. But um, well, she had to manufacture it herself. <laughs> she couldn't buy it from somebody else. Well, that's way funny. Um, we have she didn't two games. Government control. So I figure two games before, one game after. We have the. California Classico between the uh, we and by that I mean we're playing both the Earthquakes and the Galaxy. <laughs> oh so yeah, we get each half of the California Cla- Classico in two separate games. Um, on the twenty eighth, which is what's the date today? It's already it's, it's the twenty fourth. So we've got another game in four days. We got um, a game so- on Wednesday, and then that following Sunday, and then we got to wait another week for Sunday. Yeah. And then we all get to go home for the rest of the year. Um, so so here was the best thing about Andrew Putna's post-match interview uh, is he actually talked about how on the last game of, you know, on decision day, like our, our spot in the playoffs might depend on beating Sporting Kansas City. And I just thought that was really great. Um, not because I am confident. Uh, I am not. We're going to um, get smoked by Sporting Kansas City. But it was just it was just such a good like post match interview um, because he's not a good interview. Like he's pretty bad. Um, I will say I'll tell you what I've else been, he's not a good of. I, I've appreciated that he has not actively lost us games in the last few games. In the he's last he's been, two, he maybe. made good saves tonight actually. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but how? I, never mind. Sorry, I'm I gonna watched, stop shitting on Pundit. I I caught most of Kansas City. I, I think I watched all four of their goals. Um, boy, well, I would kill to have some of their offensive players because uh, 
They're good. Can we? Can you imagine if we had Alan Polito on on uh, our? No, I can't because he costs like eight million dollars. Did he really? Yeah, <laughs> he cost a lot of money. He was Sporting's big, huge. We're going to spend a lot of money in response to Atlanta spending a whole lot of money, and LA and LA also spending a whole lot of money. So he's they went out. Got, he's got six goals and eleven appearances for them. I think he was injured for part of the year. Yeah, but he's already just he was the player of the game today. I mean, yeah. Saw. And then they have Gershow and they have Johnny Russell and I hate Johnny Russell. I hate him too. I just hate him. I, he's one of my least favorite players in the league. And Espinoza. He's also the worst. I don't know who some of these other players are on their team. Like they're sporting Kansas City's back line. Do you know any of these people? Jalen Lindsay, Roberto Punek, Pun Punkek, Punsek, I don't know. Andreu Fontes, Amadou Dia. I don't know any I don't know any of those players. Jalen Lindsay sounds familiar. I think he was a draft pick a few years ago or a homegrown. One of those. I think. Well, all I can say is I hope we play Justin Glad in that game. Because uh this match continued our run in twenty twenty of not winning a game without Justin Glad on the field. Are you serious? Yeah. Which is weird, right? Like he's No, a... it makes a lot of sense. He's a really good player. He makes the team better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> why why like why don't I does anyone ask Freddie why <laughs> why Glad randomly gets benched more than any other player in the history of RSL who just like randomly loses his starting spot out of nowhere? So it's... I'm guessing it was uh, him planning for the next match, which I have problems with. I think you should probably plan for the first match you have coming Very up. Very winnable home game against a team that sucks, Dallas. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would have made a difference, but it's just really annoying that uh, that like he just randomly gets dropped from the lineup, even though he's uh, very young and seems to be very in shape. And yeah. um, if Aaron Herrera can go every game, Justin Glad can go every game. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say started or played in? I don't know. If I, I said, said started, it should now be played in because he he did come on for our win against Portland. That's but good. did not start, which also, I mean, I, I get it. We're in a condensed schedule and it's can't be good for players. Um, but really, yeah, like, but he's playing for he's, the first game. It's tank. We've had 10 days off. He's <laughs> he's 23 years old. Like the other two center backs we have are approaching retirement. They're a lot uh, closer com- to it than, than combined, Justin think- Glad is. If you add their ages together, I'm pretty sure they would qualify for the AARP. So they're like, yeah. So why would you be benching? Like, if you're going to rotate your center backs, why aren't you rotating Natum and Silva and just playing Justin every single game? Yeah. Yeah. Of the three center backs, he can handle it the most. Absolutely. He doesn't have a, a history of injuries. And he's yeah. 23 years old. Like the same physical shape. Like they they seem to work out. To, I think they live together. So. Oh, but but, uh, you know who was on the bench tonight, who might give Aaron Herrera a little bit of rotation. Alvin Jones. Uh, Alvin yeah. Jones exists. I thought, he's ever made 18 for RSL. Um, 
I think so. In like an official RSL, like regular season match, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, uh, I think Dunny mentioned that. This is the first time he's been in the 18. And so. and the fact that the club hasn't really come out and talked about why that is. I mean, we had Dunny saying, oh yeah, the uh, you know the Sam Johnson situation clearing up has given him a spot. Um, but... <laughs> but I yeah. forgot that there was a Sam Johnson situation. How 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 could I don't understand that at all? So so I can break it down really quickly. Um, so possible. So when we started the season, we had nine players uh, with nine international players. Okay. Um, keep in mind that the season started technically in February, and uh, COVID nineteen had not erupted in the u.s in the same way that it did just two or three weeks later right um so the season started and we had nine internationals we have seven slots um we expected my understanding this is not not an official statement by the club uh that some of those players would uh get their green cards um that they were in progress they were widely expected to be successful and there was nothing to be concerned about um COVID hit and uh, they stopped issuing green cards, right? Um, and Or at least put them on massive delays. Uh, as a result, RSL didn't have players getting green cards. Uh, I bet Demir Krylik would be one that probably was uh, close to that. I don't know that, but that's, yeah. that's an assumption. Um, so because we had nine players who were internationals, we had to keep two of them off the roster um, or trade them or do something with them. Um, so we've had uh, Ashton Morgan and Alvin Jones both listed on the MLS roster as uh, on loan. It doesn't specify to which club. Um, it, I'm, I'm guessing MLS gave us some sort of reprieve on that um, instead of just having to, to waive them and, and eat the cost. Um so long story short, uh, because they didn't, we didn't get green cards this year. Uh, we didn't have the space for those two players, and as a result, they couldn't be on the game day roster, which is a tremendous bit of bad planning, I think, from the beginning, and really speaks to um, just the organizational chaos. Because, um, like, who's actually responsible for green cards? Right? I don't know. Players. Lawyers, Deloy Hansen. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. Okay, so Sam Johnson is back in in Liberia and presumably either on loan to nowhere. <laughs> to Liberia. <or laughs> to, the, to the country of Liberia or is has been released from RSL. So Yeah, he's still listed as suspended on the official roster, so. Yeah, and the team's okay. official statement hasn't changed. They can't say anything pending an investigation. If, and if we're pretty quick, so opened, yeah. If eligibility opened, I would assume it's they traded spots where he's now the one on loan. Or uh, I think because he's listed as suspended, that that freed up the international spot. Really, it's very strange. Um, if he'd been, uh, if he was on the disabled list, um, or had a season-ending injury, that would not open an international roster spot. What? Though. Yeah, MLS is bad. That's all. Yeah, there's just... Isn't just, it the injury list doesn't do that? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's the best. 
Yeah. Just trust that there is some mechanic in the MLS roster rules that allows us to suddenly sub Alvin Jones for Sam Johnson as far as an international status is concerned. It allows us to play one of the players that we signed. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a roster mechanism. Don't know what it's called, but if you have a player on your roster, you're allowed to put them in the game day roster. I have friends that like, like RSL and go to games like a few times a year and they watch the games and will sometimes ask me about some of these things. (laughs) And I'm like, I, it's not worth even paying attention to. Like sometimes players will just be on the team and then they won't be, they'll be uh, on loan to the the country of Canada and then they'll be switched. And then they will be in, uh, someone will go to Liberia and have, a second Range Rover or get their one here shipped over. Speaking of which, do we know if Sam is selling his house here yet? Um, oh, there's an easy way to find out. Yeah, we'll have to check. Um, we should probably wrap up. Yeah, sorry. Um, I just want to leave us on one note and then probably a good rant um, from somebody. Um, do you guys remember early in the match, we had a free kick uh, just outside the box. Great oh, position. No. oh no! Lining I, I, up. I know what you're. Kick. I know what you're coming to. Paulo Ruiz, great left foot. Like, or or even Rusnak, or even Rusnak. Also, very talented that same area many times, relatively. Um, but you know who took the free kick and hit the wall, and not even like didn't like hit the wall because they jumped. Just hit the wall. Like, hit a dude in the breadbasket. Like, right, not even close. Corey Baird. And that was this match in a nutshell. That, like, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Uh, Except defensively, because FC Dallas is really bad. So, what's interesting about that is that even the, like, leading up to that free kick... Like while they were setting up and everything, Dunny kept saying, "Oh, Albert really wants this one. Like I know, like I know Pablo like is in the mix. Like he might take it, but like Albert really wants this one. You can see Albert that he really wants, it. and he kept saying that like, oh, Albert really wants it. And then to see Corey Baird take that free kick, I think Andy Williams summed it up pretty well. Uh, oh, what did he put it, Andy? Say to that. Oh, he uh, retweeted something that uh, Mitch he retweeted Mitch and said, um, "Oh my, he del- oh he said." Why did he, why is he dot, 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 never mind. And then the face palm emoji and then a gif of someone running directly into a wall. (laughs) He also had a really funny um, typo earlier where he said, (laughs) okay, let's get ready to torture myself for the next two years. Hashtag RSL. Hashtag let's get this W. And then he said, stupid spell check. I meant two hours, but I think that's not... I don't think that's spell check. I'm pretty sure that's just um That's just Andy what, being vague. What's on that Twitter? thing where you say, say what you're thinking but not um a Freudian slip. Not a Freudian, Freudian slip, because Freudian slip usually has to do with never Facts. mind. <laughs> well I think it, it's more it's colloquially it's colloquially yeah, 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 no, I know. You're right. I was gonna make my uh Trevor point about the Corey Baird free kick. It, was that it resulted in a corner kick? Like it, mean, it went off. It went off them, and, and so, in essence, it's it all. It's the same result as if he had put it like upper ninety, and their keeper made a fantastic save. 
Yeah, that, for that, sure. That's one way to look at things, I guess. <laughs> a Freudian slip, also called a parapraxis, is an error in speech, memory, or physical action that occurs due to the interference of an unconscious, subdued wish <laughs> or an internal train of thought. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be sexual, Trevor. Okay, all right. You learn something new uh, every day. I thought... You know, for, but I think the unconscious, subdued wish or internal train of thought is very indicative of Andy saying, torture me for two years. <laughs> because... Yeah. Anyway, All right, so well. rant. Did you say we were going to end on a rant? Yeah. Or did we do that? I think I that think was the rant. The Cory Bear thing. That was a rant. Oh, the boy. Ooh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. Did you guys see the ending of that World Series game? No. I saw on Twitter that somebody got a home run. Um, I don't know if it was at the end. I think it was in the middle, but I know somebody got a home run in the game. Because Twitter went bananas for about a minute. I'm going to share my screen and we'll I'll, I'll narrate what's happening because this is pretty funny. I'm glad this... Oh, shoot. Oh, that was loud. Okay, so can you guys see this? Yes. Oh, All there right. we go. Now I can see it. Yep. All right, here we go. So let's... Hold on. So the LA Dodgers are up 7-6. It's the bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Um, one ball, two strikes. There's two dudes on base. First can- and second base. Kenley Jansen is pitching, which is a bad omen. I can already see what's happening. Go ahead. Okay, so here we go. So the pitcher throws it, batter hits it, goes into right field, and he messes (laughs) up the bat. Oh, no. Okay, so what he did, it slipped out of his glove. He just boots it. Well, right, it, but it gets worse. So it slips out of his glove. The short, uh, some other person throws it um, at towards the um, the pitcher. So now we've got the pitcher who's uh, in the I don't know baseball terms, but he's about to throw the ball in the eighteen. So now it's seven seven. Someone scored uh, because of that mess up. So now it's seven seven. So the pitcher is now throwing to the catcher. Catcher gets the ball. And it looks like he's a, and he's got someone um, in between home and third base now. But what does the catcher do? Does a 360 and loses the ball, and then Tampa Bay scores. Oh, it's so Um, embarrassing. And then loses. Can you, like, I've never seen Kenley Jansen blows another save. That's not Kenley Jansen's fault at all, but that's hilarious. So the catcher catches it, spins around, and while he's spinning to hopefully tag the uh, runner, he just completely throws the ball backwards. It's a and pretty it just cool spin move, though. It was pretty nice. And then they just lose their minds and they've won a World Series game. So I don't know which game that was. Do you Do you know, Trevor? That would be game, game four. four and... I only know because it says series tied 2-2 yeah. at the top. I was going to say that it was game four and they tied the series. Rays don't, by the way, don't have any business being here. They're, they're a good team, but they were like the sixth seed. Wait, in is Jason a, a Rays fan? Was that? Is Jason a Rays fan? Because no, Jason floor. lives in Dallas, and all these games are being played in Dallas. I know, but isn't he like a? He's like a Florida fan. Though. Yeah, he's a he's a he, he would not fan. be a he would not be a Tampa Bay. Fan. I don't think Jason has a baseball team, and if they were, I think it's the Rangers. But he's from Jacksonville. He's not from Tampa Bay. If if he was or listening, Tampa, I know he's probably not. If he was listening, I'd say. Jason, tell us who you support. Somebody else listening, uh, tag Jason, figure out his baseball team of choice. Uh, yeah. I feel 
feel like I had this conversation with him a few years ago, and I don't think he has one, but he lives closest I, to the I, Rangers, so he goes to I'm Rangers like, games. I'm like, I think playoff baseball is fun to watch, but... Uh... I, I did. Sorry. You you saw the play, so you knew what was going on, but I did enjoy your description of it, because you used, like, none of the characters. beautiful. <laughs> 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 You, you got it. You got right field. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good job. Um, 